I'm just practicing not saying my name is Liam. Over say, and over. You say my name's Liam is what? <laughs> but do you want? Do you reckon anyone would notice? That's a good shout. We could try it one week and see what like, happens. Does anyone know what we look like? <laughs> I am like Anchorman, though. If you put it in front of me, I'll just read it. I'm definitely going to write a new intro next time you're presenting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Dave, and I give all my money to Liam. <laughs> Bank account one, two, three. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, for the listener, Dave's account number is not one, two, three, four, but... Is it? No, it's two, three, four, five. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta make it difficult. Hello and welcome to Watch It If You Can. My name is Dave. My name is Liam. This podcast is all about box sets we've created of our favourite films and TV shows. Some you've seen, some you won't, and others you may never want to watch. However, we can say, if you've never seen Cheers, we're still glad that you came. All we want to do is chat on about these films and TV shows we love so dearly, and maybe, just maybe, you should watch it if you can. Right. I'm all right. Uh, Boxer 2, episode 2. Yes. Um, I know it's a good one. Let's dive right in. They're all good ones. They're every choice <laughs> we've made has been a good one. That's why they're good, because there are choices. That is fair, to be um, to be honest. But this is a particularly good one, isn't it? It is, yeah. Um, you're going to tell our listener what it is? This week, Matthew, I'm choosing Stand By Me. <laughs> so many people won't, won't reference that. We're showing our age there, yeah. aren't we? Stand By Me is my choice this week. Uh, or The Body, originally uh, the, from the Stephen King Yeah, um, it, was story. A, it was a novella, wasn't it? Yeah. Now, did I read it was the same... It was a book of short stories that also included the one that became Shawshank Redemption as well. I think you're right, yeah, because it's all um, Castle Rock, isn't it? Yeah. Because this is set in Castle Rock as well. Um, but the film was going to be called The Body as well, wasn't it? But obviously a little bit, I'm sort of a little glad, bit morbid. <laughs> I'm sort of glad they didn't. Like, Stand By Me is, it's a great title. And obviously, they wouldn't be able to use the song either. That's to pick a song I mean, called The Body. Later, yeah. <laughs> Just wasn't worth it. That lovely song, The Body. <laughs> so tell us about the movie. Okay, so Stand By Me was released in 1986. Stars Will Wheaton, River Phoenix, Corey Feldman, Jerry O'Connell, Kiefer Sutherland, and directed by Rob Reiner. Like we've just said, it's based on a Stephen King novella. Um, grossed $52 million from an $8 million budget, which is pretty good going. Um, so why have you made the choice this week? Oh, it is. It's one of my favourite coming-of-age films. And a few reasons. Um, but it's mainly the themes that it touches on. And I've pulled a few out is it really goes into, like, it's a really good film that shows the themes of friendship, vulnerability and grief really well, especially amongst boys as well. I think that's... Who don't normally show those those yeah. emotions, really. Yeah. That's... 
that's one of the key things for the film, isn't it? And I think it's the time it's set as well. Although in the film, it's that stage where in America it goes from it's really first go to junior high when they're about 12 or something, isn't it? But I think the same could have been to us over here is that step from junior school to senior school. Which the big boys. Yeah, which, what is it now? It's year six to year seven. I'm rubbish at all I'm this. I'm sure there is, yeah, yeah. but it, does that does that that step of going from into the big school is is quite a significant step in, in your life, isn't so it? So it's like ace and keep yourself in like your sixth form is then basically. Yeah, is yeah, that, the, big, the, the big boys, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just think it's just, it just hits that, that in-between age, especially so well. And to talk about, like, obviously, you've got four friends and the, the very last line on it, which um, the narrator goes, do you ever have friends like you, you do when you're 12? And it sort of really sets that scene of, like, they're the world to you when you're 12, aren't they? You yeah. think you're going to be friends forever, don't yeah. you? You really do with, with those people. Even, like, you're, you're probably the same. We had, like, friends and neighbours, not just, yeah. like, school friends. And we, we probably haven't seen them. Since 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 then, and it's that lovely line where where the narrator the narrator narrates through it's set in the future. He says, and that the following year, they go into the the senior school, well, Arkwin the senior school, and they never really, they just become a face in the hall. And yeah. I think it's so it's true because we because yeah. you know obviously you and me we've known each other since infant school, but we probably became friends juniors, like juniors, it, yeah. but it was senior school we became really good friends. So we've we've we could probably trace back groups of people that we've known and like sort of have no contact with anymore. Faded away bit by bit. It's really strange, but yeah. So it's a really important film. And I think I saw it when I was around that age, 10 or 11. So I think it just really stayed with me. And when you watch something, you go, I I relate to it. And it's weird because it's so relatable, even though it's a film set in the fifties, but made in the eighties. But even today, I think all them themes, the universal, everything yeah. the kids go through were just so universal. Because we did, we did have a conversation about, it. I was asking you, is it an 80s movie? But we were saying, you were saying it isn't, because technically it's set in the 50s. Because I was thinking, because one of the ideas was to have a, like an, a bit of an 80s theme, theme. intro. But yeah, yeah. the argument was, it did come out in the 80s, but it, Based in the fifties, so it didn't really. It, it's, so is it an eighties movie, or is, it, or is it just an eighties movie set in the fifties? It's a weird one, but like I said, it's still so relevant today because yeah. obviously we we watched again. I've watched the film a few times, um, and it's just all the characters, all the main four characters which we go into, are these four this group of friends. They're all so real. They're all so relatable, and you um, know each one of them. Yeah, we all know some. We all know Vin. Don't we? Yeah. We all know uh, Teddy. We all, do you know what I mean? They're all, they're all characters that we've grown up with. Um, and it, it's just, it, it just really stayed with me as a film. And we were just talking, um, how I ended up watching this was, we mentioned it before, when we set up video shops. And for the game, it was, I remember it was in the, the shop next door to my dad's in Holton Village. And when you went into the, the back room that had videos, it was divided into walls. So there was the new release wall, <laughs> which was like something like £2 to rent. And then there was the slightly less released wall. And then there was the back cupboard, which was like the films that were maybe 
straight to video lesson there and I've been out for a few years and in that in that cupboard it was like you used to get four for a pound so it was a complete lucky dip most of these films you'd never hear of and I remember my dad came in with, with the pack of the stack of four videos and we went through them all and we were like what's this and I remember vividly there was quite a few people it was because in my dad's house there was always people coming and going there's always like a hustle and bustle type house and the film came on Everyone was just just taken by it. It was, do you know, none of us knew the film. Yeah. We literally said, "What's this film? Stand by me!" And I've, it's just one of the memories that always stayed with me. Everyone was just, just little, little mini cinema experience. Was yeah, it? just everyone. Do you know what I mean? That, you, that beautiful feeling of everyone shared that moment together of a film. We had no idea what it was going to be like. Mm. And even then, so that must have been around probably about nineteen ninety one. It still moved us all, and I was like, it was just, it's always. I keep saying it, but it stayed with me. It is one of them films. So who's in it? Um, of the people that are in it, what would we know them from? Okay, so the first one is Will Wheaton, who plays Gordy. It was supposed is the main protagonist because it's 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 told from his view, isn't it? Yeah, and um, it's sort of set in the future, in the present day, where he's remembering this story. Back in something like 1959, isn't it? Um, so you've got Gordy. He's done a lot of stuff, but probably most people know him as um, he was in Star Trek Next Generation. Yeah. Um, if you watch Big Bang Theory as well, he plays him. He plays himself. He plays he, him. I've got Bang that. So apart from that, but he's done a lot of voice work as well. I'm just laughing because I haven't wrote Star Trek down. I've wrote Star Rex. <laughs> But he seems like a genuinely nice guy. Yeah, he? really. Interviews that I've watched of him and stuff. And he, he does a lot of podcasts and stuff. Does, as well. yeah. I think it seems to do, when I was looking, uh, doing my research, they do a lot of uh, drama podcasts, which seem to be coming quite popular at the moment. So he does a series of that. He actually does a series of Sandman, which you've spoken about as a TV series, but it's a dramatised podcast. Oh, excellent! And he's in it, yeah. Yeah, and there's apparently he does a couple of them things, and so I think he's he's heavily involved. But he's done a lot of voice work on a lot of TV series. Um, and then also we've got the character Chris, played by the late River Phoenix. Um, a couple of films he was in. He played Young Indy in he the did. Last Crusade, which everyone it's probably a great, um, yeah, great little sort of um, mini movie in in that, isn't it? And he's also in um, one of the films that really like catapulted County Reeves, My Own Private Idaho, which is a bit more of a grown-up, coming-of-age film. It's a really good film. I need to go back and revisit that, actually. Um, but I put one to watch, Sneakers. I put Sneakers. Re- you can't. You, we, 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 I completely forgot times. he was in it. He's brilliant, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's a great film. Um, and then we go on to Teddy, who's played by Corey Feldman. I'm just going to list off a couple of films he made in the 80s. The Goonies, Gremlins, The Lost Boys, The Babs. Oh. He was like quintessentially your go-to 80s child actor. Yeah. So I just think... And then also later on, obviously he lost his way a little bit. He's had a lot of personal problems, Corey Feldman, and he's quite outspoken about a lot of issues about how children are treated mm. In, in, in the industry and I think he does deserve a voice because he, he has lived that and he, you know for all the things he's done he's seen a lot I feel like he should have a, I think he's got he's trying to get a bit of a platform together but I think people should listen to him but one of the other things 
I didn't realise he did is he, he voiced Donatello in the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles which I had completely I hadn't uh, yeah. realised and I think he got we revisited the, the voice of Tails quite a lot as well but I was like he played Donatello he was one of my favourite I think he was my favourite actually he he's going to be here in Liverpool as well isn't he in the, the next Comic Con he, really? he's yes. coming to that yeah okay so who else have we got next we've got um, Vern played by Jerry O'Connell who you probably recognise from Jerry Maguire Scream 2 and he played another Big Bang link. He played uh, Sheldon's older brother, George Cooper Jr. Did, Big yeah. Bang various. Now, I always remember Jerry Connell. He's actually grown to be a really good looking fella. And I remember seeing something. I can't remember what it was. And someone said, that's Vane from Stand By Me. Stand By Me. I was like, shut off. <laughs> because obviously you think of Vane as, as the little fat kid, but he, he blossomed. Yeah, I mean, imagine in school, no one ever thought. But there's a load of girls going, if only I'd known. <laughs> Little I, I made a note to Jay Maguire because that, that, I mean, it's just a great film anyway. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, to, to have any part in that, that is worth what checking out, isn't it? And then a um, couple of other honourable mentions as cast. We've got Kiefer Sutherland, who played Ace. I, I love Kiefer Sutherland in this film, but he... We mentioned Kiefer Sutherland before on the back of Lost Boys, Young Guns, Flatliners, A Few Good Men, A Time to Kill, 24, Need We Go On. He's a bit of a favourite here. Uh, well, the... Obviously, you know, Jack Bowen, 24, is kind of the one, you know, I, I probably would have picked, but I picked a film that you mightn't have seen, actually, Dark City. No. From 1998, he plays like a bit of a mad sort of scientist in it. It's about these kind of like... I can't remember. If the, I don't want to say too much because I want you to watch it, really. But it's uh, it's a sci-fi film. Okay. Um, it's sort of got a bit because the Matrix was coming out and and I think Phantom Menace was coming out the next year. It sort of got a bit sidetracked. Really, it didn't wasn't a big hit, but it's a great film. Um, and obviously, Young Guns. We've done. Go, we, please go back, listen to our please. our episode talking about Young Guns. One of our favourites. A uh, few good men as well. He's in. Um, yeah, we, we absolutely love Kiefer Sutherland on the on this podcast. And then the other honourable mention we've got is, and here's the other link, one of the other links to Young Guns as well, Casey Samako, 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 yeah, Samako. Yeah. he plays Charlie in Young Guns, who we've spoken about, and you mentioned he played 3D in Back to the Future, but he's he's Vane's older brother in Stand By Me, that's who he plays. So I didn't I didn't put the two together until afterwards. Yeah, there's another uh, yeah there's a young guns connection with Keeper Sutherland, um, and then there's sort of another one. This is a bit of a stretch. This is about three degrees, but I'll let you go. On. I'll let you do your other. So your other um, the only other obviously I completely forgot John Cusack. Have a pronoun. Cusack. 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 No H. No H. <laughs> John Cusack. He plays the uh, Gordy's older brother Danny. So go back. Box set one. Episode one. Point point blank. Blank. <laughs> so it's like it's all it's all connected. It's all fitting, it's all, yeah. But I completely forgot John Cusack is in it. Yeah, it's a tiny, tiny part it, it of is, but he's it, his brother, isn't he? Um but obviously there's a connection with the director as well, which I'll mention in a minute. Um and then just to top it off, we've got Richard Dreyfus, who's who's plays the adult Gordy, who's the the story the storyteller and the writer sort of retelling this story and he's, it's an absolutely fantastic performance it's considering it's only such a short part but it's you remember it's perfect, isn't it? that voice and I know it's I know it's a weird and it will come back to favourite scenes later but I was only thinking about it on the bus before 
And this is where I think Rob Reiner, who I'll mention in a minute, is such a good director. The vice at the very end with Richard Davis, he stands up and he's finished writing the story. Don't say anymore. Because <laughs> that's my favourite scene. So okay, yeah. okay, you're we'll, gonna spoil it. We'll come back to but that. Just, just on Richard Dreyfus, uh, the films I've picked. There's always the the Spielberg one with John Goodman. Have you seen that? No, oh, that's no, such, I haven't seen that film. one. Um, but the link to Young Guns, he was in Stakeout and another Stakeout with Emilio Estevez. It was in Young Guns. It's like the eighties was just yeah. a big family, wasn't it? Do you know what I mean? Uh, but but the film I have picked though for Richard Dreyfus is What About Bob? You got. I picked Mr. Holland's Opus. That is a good film. It's yeah. a really I good film. I just think film. that one about Bob's so rewatchable and yeah, um, such a funny film. So and also, the, I wrote and I need to go back and see this. Postcards from the Edge it was a big film in the eighties. It was. Yeah, it was. A I think it was like a hundred million comedy again, wasn't yeah, it? Like, yeah, it was a big one. So the main man's next, Rob Reiner, and I'm like, I don't think there's enough love for Rob Reiner in the world right now. I think that's for people our age. Yeah. But I think you're absolutely right. I think if you if you go out and I mean ask as in is, appreciation of like people talk about film directors as this and that. They are so humble. Let me just reel off his first seven feature films that he made. Okay. This is Spinal Tap. That's his first film. <laughs> you could retire on like that. a belly thing. I know yeah. Hit <laughs> hit. Okay, um, the sure thing, and that's John the joke. Um, Stand by me, which we're talking about. The Princess Bride, such a good film. When Harry met Sally, one of my favourites of all time. Misery, again another Great Stephen film. King novel, uh, and a few good men. They're the first seven films he made, like just back to back hits, and isn't I'm like, it? Literally, we mentioned about John Landers, like defining the mm. 80s. Is there a better run of films by a director than that? Not by a director. I think an, as an actor, probably Tom Hanks, with those back to back and back yeah. films, and you think, how did he, how do you find those scripts and how do you make those movies? And but then, it's the same with Rob Reiner. With Rob Reiner, just to just like, he's also a great actor as well. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And it's like, so I've just, little thing that I've just said to Paul Owen, because I'm a big fan of the TV series, New Girl. And he plays the, the, the main character, Jess, her dad, Bob, he plays, he, he's got a recurring role, but his estranged wife is Jamie Lee Curtis, who's obviously in the news recently, yeah. but they're fantastic together. And it's a really, it's a lovely, Appearance when he pops up because he pops up in a few episodes. So I I didn't notice all the, all the films that you mentioned there, but I did. What I did notice is it was just just from eighty four to ninety two. So that's only eight years. Is from the sure thing to a few good men. Yeah. How do you make like so many good films in such a short span of time? Yeah. No, you know we know yeah. how kind of how long film can make and can take to actually make and edit. And, and, and obviously, that period he did this span of tap. He pretty much invented the mockumentary. You don't get Modern Family. You don't get The Office. You don't get all those all those type of shows, do like, you? At all without it's, that? It's groundbreaking. It's absolutely groundbreaking. And what, what do you know? What we need? We'll come back and do Spinal Tap one day. But if you actually get, I remember they re-released on DVD this this Spinal Tap, and it was literally they put all the bonus deleted scenes. It's almost another film of just oh, scenes hours, yeah. that didn't make it. And it's like, there's some great, there's great, you know, we digress <laughs> about Spantap, but yeah. So, Rob Reiner, obviously, 
one of our favourite directors then. So let's get back to the, the film itself. In oh. Stand By Me, who is your favourite character? Why do you pick them as your favourite character? Like, we love our honourable mentions, um, any four of the main characters, but of the one of the four, I, I just, it's Teddy. And and it, it's, it's so heartbreaking as well because it's, it's, it's sort of alluded to, obviously, his dad was in the Second World War. He stormed the beaches yeah. of Normandy. He He's obviously got post-traumatic stress. He's alluded to that he's actually in a, a mental hospital. He's had severe breakdowns. He held Teddy's ear to the stove and burnt it. So we, it, it's, it his ear is, is burned. And yet, the love Teddy has for his dad... Is, is heartbreaking. Yeah. It's it's you can see the bit with with the junkyard owner says you're 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 so and so that he's he's a he's a nut at him. Really and he flips, doesn't absolutely. he? Absolutely, and he's and it's that when you're a 12, 11 year old, it's that again mixed in with them that vulnerability, that grief because he, oh, okay, he's not dealing with he's dealing that's that dealing with the, the loss of your dad almost. Although he's not dead, you know what I mean. He, he can't reconcile them feelings mm. between actually being mutated. Like, Burns, hell, do you imagine that's a traumatic experience. And I at, love at any age, you know. And and the way Rob Ryan had just sort of subtly puts it in the film, it's not in your face as like mm. you know. And he's a bit of a mixed up character, Teddy, because there's the other scene where he tries to do the chicken with the train, and he's obviously he's mixed up is is the best yeah. way. But as a character. He's just always the one to connect to, and I, I don't know what that says about me. Um, I don't know. I just always, and my heart goes out to Teddy at all. I mean, that's what it is. You just want to hug him, don't you? So yeah. It's probably, and, it probably feeds into that. And I think Corey Feldman's performance for such a young age, like he did some great films in the eighties, but his performance is is. But does a lot of that come back again to Bob Miner? Yes. And just what a good director oh. is, and now we, how, you know, I, we we probably both read some of the same stories about yeah. how he treated them on the set, and um, not that he wasn't always nice to them, because we'll, we'll come to that. But I, to be honest, I went with the older Gordy. I went with Richard Dreyfus okay. because, as you said, although he's only really in, you know, the 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 start and the end, the narration throughout the whole of the movie is just pitch perfect. It's isn't beautiful. It, it and is, and then. Um, that whole scene, which will, which will, which will move on, is is one of my favourite scenes at the end. So I've gone with the old one just because I think he. We talk about the main cast, yeah, but you can easily gloss over Richard Dreyfuss in yeah. this film. Yeah. Well, I, I, you? he's, I always forget he's in it. If that makes sense, every time I watch it again, I go, "It's Richard Dreyfuss." Yeah, do you get what I mean? It's like I know he's in it, but I watch because it, 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 it's, it's very small. It's, yeah, it's too and it's years in between watching it generally. Yeah, and I go, oh my god, it's Richard Dreyfus. Yeah, I've gone. I've, yeah, I've gone with him. Um, have you got a favourite scene though? Favourite scene is a couple of honourable mentions. Uh, the train bridge scene with the train comes is just, it's brilliantly done. It is. It's it's yeah. it's so well done. Um, so apparently though, with that scene, they didn't look scared enough. So Bob Miner screamed at them and kicked off out of frustration so when you watch it again that is genuine like 
emotion like the the um if you watch it Vern's crying and Gordy just looks scared yeah that's because Rob Brian literally yeah they just they, they must have had to do it a few times because they heard the way they did it is the train is actually way further but they do that weird thing on the lens where you can sort of looks closer yeah. than it really so they obviously they weren't going to put kids in danger do you know what I mean obviously um, you never know in that <laughs> well it was right on the back because I remember seeing in, reading an interview Rob Brian he said he did have real problems Problems because it was right on the back of the incident we mentioned with John Landis coming to America, the Twilight Zone movie where there was a helicopter right, and yeah. two kids got killed because they were taking advantage of child labour law in Vietnam. So there was a real strict rules about how many hours kids could work. So Rob Ryan said right. it was a real struggle to get it to get what he needed to be done in the small time he had with kids because he could only be on set for so long and had to be looked after and chaperoned and all that. But um so there's that, that train bridge scene. Yeah. I think it's one of the scenes of the film, isn't it? Um, one of the little comical moments, and I think it's how good uh, Jerry O'Connell plays Vane, is my other favourite scene is where he's under the house looking for his jar of pennies. And it's integral because it's it's the bit where he overhears about yes. the body. But I just love the scene where he's digging for his pennies and, and, and the shot pulls out. And there's like hundreds of holes all the way because he, he said he, he buried his jar of pennies and a map and his mum threw the map away it's just like I just I just think it's a lovely little scene and obviously you get it's the bit where he overhears about the t- his brother and his friend yeah. where they have saw the body so it's such a, an important scene on a film eh? but my actual favourite bit and there's a couple of little moments it's the conversations between between the boys and specifically between Gordy and Chris. It, them little snapshots of conversations. Is after the leech scene that you're going to say? Well, there's, 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 there's two. It's the bit where um, they, they, they pull back the other two running off and, and Gordy's like, like he has a moment where he turns around to Chris and he goes, am I weird? And Chris is like, well, you're not weird. And he basically Chris gives him that like, lovely moment when he goes you just be you you do what you need to do in your life because obviously he's he's, he's alluding to what's going on at home because yeah. the, you know the mum and dad are obviously just shut down after the death of the bunny but that that moment where he just goes am I weird and again it's something we can all relate to where you have especially when you're growing up you're not sure of your place in the world you're like am I weird am I? and yeah. you just need that and then a little bit later there's the flip scene where Chris is re- gets really upset because obviously his family are quite well known in, in town and to grow up on and he he thinks he'll never amount to nothing and, he, and yeah. it's a, such a beautiful piece of acting by River Phoenix for like he must have only been what twelve or thirteen or something. Yeah, barely he, just kids. He, and then it was it was Gordy's turn to just and he just puts his hand on him and doesn't say anything. And it's them two little scenes. Mm. I I just think are lovely. And I think again, Bob Ryan has got to have credit for the way he gets them performances out of those those two. So young and but uh, but. The, the, the talent's there as well, which yes. really helps, isn't it? Yeah. You know, I think, I think it, we're absolutely right. We're, we're, we're saying Bob Miner obviously worked on it, but the, the talent's got to be there as well, hasn't and, it? He pulled the talent out. Yeah, yeah and again, so that's why we always say about, you know, in film, there's so many people involved in production of film and TV. So credit to the casting 
in this. Yeah. They 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 pluck these four kids out, and and they're so good together as well. That you can feel it. The the swearing, the smoking is a little bit naughty, you know. And then there's a that other little bit that's always a bit weird because it the whole theme of the film is that you're straddling childhood and, and adulthood. And is that bit where Corey and Teddy have that random conversation about who would win between Superman and Mighty Mouse? <laughs> and you forget this it's a lovely scene because it it sort of it shows the not an either they're not children and not adults yeah. and it's that that lovely looking back at it it's a lovely age but at the time it's not a great age you've because you, know, you want to you want to be older don't yeah. you you want to be an adult that that whole thing about you know all my strange stuff what what sort of blows my mind now is when we were kids if someone was going to come back and go right all the things you like now everyone's going to like them yeah. in the 2030s like like the like marvel comics and stuff like that Everyone be going to see those films, and Star Wars is going to be bigger than Star yeah. Wars. You think you know you you like Star Wars now? You just wait till when you're in your forties. Star Wars going to be bigger than ever, and all the things we kind of liked, you did think all you know. We, we weren't in the football team, where yeah. we the rugby team no. and stuff like that. Um, you know, we, we went super sporty, where we were no. kind of like, I love no. I love movies, and <laughs> now we're just going no. Um, you know, I, I'm I just, just having, films I'm having stuff. visions of PE and skill like, day, like just cringing. <laughs> do you remember PE? You, like, are you going to say this because <laughs> I didn't turn up? Or? <laughs> do you actually, no, but yeah, like, I can't put a, I can't put a vest on without shaking. Yeah. <laughs> that horrible blue rugby top with the yellow stripe we used to have yeah. to wear. Oh. But the things, well, yeah. well, I mean, points of the things we loved as a kid. Yeah, everyone seems to 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 love now, and it's like it's really odd. For, for us anyway and it's going to happen to someone who's potentially listening to this now the things they like will come around and suddenly be popular and you won't feel like it's it's just your thing anymore it's, it's a cycle isn't it it's weird how just watching this film it's I think it it has made me think about that period in my life as well it's just the yeah. last week or two and it really has sort of put a little bit into focus obviously our friendship as well. We we've known each other for so long, and it's just when that's that moment when he says about like you know you lose track of people. I have fought a lot this week of the circle of friends that have been in and around our yeah. life that have come e- and gone easily on a Friday night. There was twenty of us yeah. going out, wasn't there? That, and that's not yeah. even an under, understatement, is but, it? But not only that is the difference from when we went from junior school to senior school because we were in. It goes to different ones, yeah, didn't we? Some and, of us. and even like when we were in junior school, we were actually in different classes, hence why we probably weren't best friends. But my best friend in junior school went to a different senior school, and we stayed friends for a few years. And then slowly, just so, yeah. I would probably like see him now and probably barely look at him, and yet at that age, we were inseparable. And it's so but, strange, probably used to stay in each other's houses, yeah, and yeah, we didn't did, you? like, you know, and it's just like. It's, yeah, the, the 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 film definitely resonates. My favourite scene then, probably sort of ties in a little bit to that. Um, we spoke about this on Coming to America. Well, at the time, I didn't probably the dad in Coming to America. Mm, yeah, had, you know the, the I can't remember his name. With now. his daughter, McDonough um, is the yeah the the, the, the burger place. Isn't John it? Amos. John Amos. Yeah. is the actor. Yeah, um, you know, probably when I watched that, I didn't understand that, and probably when I watched Stand by Me as a kid. 
the end scene, which is my favourite scene, is Richard Dreyfus is you know he's typing out the stories and he's yeah. finishing up, and the kids just want to play, don't they? And yeah. Like, you know, you said you were going to be, you know, half an hour ago you said you were going to come and play with us, and knowing all the issues he had with his mum and dad, and then he he realises doesn't he? Like, what am I, what, what am I doing? I know it's therapeutic form. Yeah. And you were going to say before he does get up. And if you watch, he doesn't save the story, does he? he? He switches it off. Yeah. And and that's literally what I've been thinking about. That has literally been swirling round, my, swirling round my mind. Or we his Because he just gets up, looks at it, and switches the computer off. Yeah. And I'm like, did he save it? Did he not save it? He doesn't. Because, he definitely doesn't. Because he know, cause he, there was a few things he said. This is the first time he's thought about the events yeah and there's the bit as well where he talks about mentions the deer where the deer comes yeah. he's never ever mentioned anyone before and after and it does make and I think that's in in that film purposely to just sort of maybe come to the conclusion that where we're at is he just needed to he just needed to to get it out yeah and I don't to tell the story I don't think yeah. I don't even though he's obviously he's it's the He's, equivalent of sitting with a therapist, yeah, and telling the story. No one else needs to know. You know, he doesn't. He doesn't need to share to move on. He just needs to he, tell the story, yeah. and he does it, and he gets up, and he, he stands there, looks yeah. at it, and then just switches the computer off because he knows out. going playing with the kids is more important. Yeah. And he's done what he needs to do, and I just think to end on that, and it just you know cuts to the the, the window, and, and you just and obviously we're going to talk about the songs yeah. that, that kick in. So I just think. We we talk about like buying movies in general and stuff, but when it comes to perfect endings, oh. this this I don't think this is talked about enough. As no. that is a perfect. It's like, so subtle because ending. nothing's actually resolved either. Because we don't even get the resolution for the four characters back in the time because they just go home at the end of it, and it they didn't get the reward for finding the body because they they rang in anonymously. It, yeah, and sadly though, we do find out what happened to them we do yeah. so there's that big gap like you yeah. say we don't really find out but that that's a devastating bit when he's sort of telling you about what, what happened it opens to them as well with, if, the opening scene is that the, where he reads that Chris has been stabbed to death yeah. isn't he and it's just like but obviously oh. we don't we don't know that at the time and then we, we get to know about the whole story I just think and obviously they're going to find the plot of the film which we haven't even spoken about <laughs> is the four boys Go on an adventure to find the dead body because and and get there before the whole of... film is about grief. Obviously, you've got Gordy's grief of his family to go and see the dead body. Um, Gordy's dealing with grief again with the death of, death of Chris, and all the stories, all the characters are dealing with some type of grief. It doesn't have to be death yeah. of a person, it can be death of childhood, you know, death of a family breakdown, death from coming from a, a, a really brutal background as a child. And it, I just think it's so subtle when it deals with all them things. And for a film with four boys as well, you know, we're grown up, we, we grew up in an age where we couldn't be vulnerable, but you can be vulnerable in front of, with your friends. And do you get what I mean? Yeah. And it's like that's the bit. You can be an idiot. You can be you can be an absolute arsehole. You can be vulnerable. You can be funny. You can say anything, and it's just that it's within that circle, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. One yeah. of the 
just going back slightly, one of the things I, I did read about Kiefer Sutherland, though, was he did bully them on set. Yes. So that when it comes to those scenes together, they were more tense. So again, you know, there was all those little elements of the things yeah. that were going on that makes those performances. And Kiefer Sutherland obviously um, sort of contributed in a, definitely. maybe not the right way, but it, it worked. It, <laughs> it worked it, the uh, film, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, definitely. Um, so the song then that oh. plays us out, but obviously there's other songs in the film. What's the what's the so best song is the question. The soundtrack is just, you think of every amazing song from the 50s and it's on here. A couple I've pulled out, Rock and Robin by Bobby Day is a great one and Every Day by Buddy Holly. And now, you know I love my music. <laughs> I do not think Buddy Holly gets the recognition he deserves as a singer-songwriter in this world. Like, you know... He's forgotten about quite a lot, but he's such an integral part in, in Western music yeah. and you know, such a short-lived career. So every day is one of my it's just a brilliant song. But Stand By Me by Benny King. Is there a is there a better is there a, I don't care what you say, it's one of the best songs ever written, it's one of the best songs ever performed. And when it comes with that exact scene you just spoke about where Richard Dreyfus gets up turns computers off and walks away it just comes yeah. in and it's staring so did you know they originally were going to have Michael Jackson re-record I it I heard this yeah. well I read it and I'm just like I'm so glad he didn't yeah I think Bob Arnum again made the right decision because he changed the title again it comes back to him what a man yeah. he changed the title of the film to Stand By Me didn't he based on the song and Bob Minor liked the original more than oh, to, to, to put that in such a beautiful song it's aching achingly beautiful and it's just because we mentioned it before it, there's sort of like there's, so, there's like variations musically of, of Stand By Me throughout the film drifts in and out but just teasing you when it comes on at the end because of the, of what we've just spoke about that end scene mm. it's just so beautiful and I keep coming back to it it's subtle it's so subtle and then it was always on top of the pops because yes. it was number one for yeah. for weeks on end, wasn't it? Yeah, because it, re- it re- like sort of like re-released and big hit again, wasn't it? But like, uh, is there a better song to close a film with? Oh, brilliant! Um, so this leads us into the question that we love, but is hard. It's only like a, a ninety odd minute movie as well, so yeah. you know it's it, it's it's a tight film. What if anything? Could you have done to make it better? Nothing. <laughs> I'm I'm playing that card this oh, week, right. Dave. Am I going to be uh, the bad guy? No. The only thing I'm going to chuck in here is <clears throat> I really wish Gordy got his brother's hat back. You know the scene where oh. Ace comes and steals his yeah. hat, and the and the fact that here's where again it's such great directing by Rob Reiner. Ace comes over, pops the hat. He doesn't even take the hat. He just throws bothered, it. Is he? he doesn't even want the hat. And it means so much to Gordy. You want to see that? I back. want the hat back to Gordy, but... Uh, I, 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 would, I would slightly change the train scene because it does look a bit dated now when you watch it like so yeah i think what what they've done what, what i read is on the wide shots it's stunt men are kind of dressed as them yeah so it and looks back, like they're was, running away it was stunt girls stunt girls yeah. was it so yeah. it that i was supposed to try and get a smaller kind yeah, of body yeah. shape um but yeah definitely that that bit where you see the train behind them i think 
suppose the another way they could have done it. it. It looks like it's green screen, but it's quite not. Possibly, but and again, that, that's me being picky because yeah, oh, because you go and watch uh, you know any special effects film now, yeah. and it, it's perfect, isn't it? Um, so I think could you have. I don't know. Could you have done it slightly different so it looked a little bit more realistic at the possibly, time? Possibly, but, but that's me being really it's, like it's that's possibly. me trying to answer the question. Pull, yeah, no, we pull like, something out. I, I was no. I'm going to play me nothing card on this one because <laughs> you're not allowed on this question. Uh, well, I, well, allowed. all right, then we'll stick. I do want Gordy to get the hat back. I think it's important. You think it's missing that that key? But I like the way the story. It's, I like the way it's not done. But there's a part of me I always think about that hat. <sighs> I do. It's it does. It's it's a film, and I keep saying it. It really stays with me. This film on so many levels. There's, yeah. It, it's yeah. But yeah. Um, what impression did it make then? Ah, oh, legacy wise, it really coming to age film. Really, it really sort of focused what a coming to age film is and. I'm going to sort of... It, it's strange because virtually at the same time another film came out set in the late 50s. Real good coming-to-age film. Dirty Dancing. They are literally great soundtrack. There's mm. so many parallels to the two, to the two films, but I feel like Dirty Dancing has gone on to become a bit of a phenomenon. Because obviously now it's a musical, it, it, you yeah. know what I mean, blah, blah, blah. Low, so Again, everyone who, number one soundtrack and multiple it, songs were, yeah, were yeah. on that, isn't it? I just feel like Stand By Me sort of in the shadow a little bit. Like and, they but, could be playing alongside and Yeah, I think the they're stories. both. Like obviously you could be just crude to say Stand By Me is from the boys, Dirty Dancing with the girls. And there is an element to that because I think most girls can identify with the coming to age story in yeah. Dirty Dancing. Most boys can identify. But... I love both films equally. They both have a part of my life. But I just think... I don't know. I always think like it's in a little bit in the shadow of the 80s. Because think about it. They're both set in the 50s. They both, do you think, released 30? Dead. Yeah, it's been close together. Yeah. yeah. Um, great 50s soundtrack. Coming to age. Coming of age. Blah, blah, blah. You know. So one of the things I, I noted was... Um, Rob Reiner screened this for Stephen King, apparently, and he was visibly shaken yeah. and couldn't speak. And Rob Reiner obviously must have panicked a little bit, and what he said was it's, it's just the best adaption of his work that he's he's ever seen. And I think, I'll be honest, I think even to now it's probably right. I think we mentioned Steve, I don't before. think Stephen King liked The Shining, did he? No. I, am I right I'd in like, thinking And that? it's weird out for me, the best two Stephen King films or Stand By Me, Shawshank Redemption, and they're both not horror stories, if that makes sense. So I, I, I wouldn't want to choose between them two, I think, they're both, but... Yeah. You've got to be happy if you're Stephen King sitting down and, yeah. and watching that. Um, how can we watch it if we want to watch it? Yeah, oh, it's a good one because it's on Netflix. Yay! <laughs> Dead easy. <laughs> um, we've got... Our new feature then for box set two, we've got a set of questions that me and Liam have wrote. We're calling them our mystery questions. Mystery uh, we have questions. our mystery box, which Liam is going <laughs> to deep dive into, pull out a question. He has no idea uh, what this question is that he's going to pull out. Oh, you see, I picked your question last week, so I get to pick my own this week. No, by... you picked from one or two. So it No, was... but I, I, I put my hand in and picked them. Oh, right, yeah. We'll do the same again. I've got all the questions here. 
Did I? Did I pick it for you or did you pick it for me last time? Is that what you meant? Sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I'm with you. So you picked it and read I it. I put my hand in the box ah, and okay. picked it. There you go. I picked that You one. picked the question and I'll read it. And I've just read it. And you've read it already. Yeah. You've got to answer this. Oh. The mystery question for Boxhead 2, episode 2, Stand By Me, is kill a main character off. Oh. <laughs> Silence in the room. You've got to do it. It's like... And you can't cop out and say ace. Well, yeah, no, but like in in a way, Chris does die. Nope, in the film. Oh. One of them, someone's got to go. I'm sorry, that that is the mystery question. I don't think we could kill Gordy off because. He's too integral, isn't he? And, and you don't also, get the story, do you? he's <laughs> dealing with with the, his family, dealing with the death of his brother just literally months before. So we'd lose all your narration. Yeah, oh, well, obviously, yeah. Yeah, so you can't. I suppose um, that now is it down to three. I can't kill Teddy off. No, nope. Teddy's but, your favourite character. Yeah. So that only leaves Chris or Ben. That we're now in, we're, we are now in the the goalpost here. Chris or Ben. Has got to die during the movie. You could do Ben for the train. You know, maybe Daddy dies yeah, during the train. Yeah, maybe But but then the rest of the film would have happened because then the irony is he gets killed looking for a dead body that was killed by the train. <laughs> it's like do you know. What I mean? So it's Chris then. <laughs> but at what point? Do you know what? Maybe with the gun at the end. Yeah, we're knowing Kiefer Sutherland's ace and the all big. The big boys, the big six forms. The uh, they actually kill him. Yeah. And the others run away. Yeah. Maybe that so. That would be a good scene, actually, wouldn't it? Yeah. If, if he stays behind. But then it... we don't get the whole post bit of Chris growing up and then getting stabbed later. And, and, and that's, yeah, that's so you'd, how... have to, you'd have to tweak the yeah. movie, but you could have that scene where they're there and Chris says to the others, Right, you run. Oh, and God, I'll hold I them up. I can't off. believe you just made me kill Chris off and stand <laughs> by me, Dave. Like, you know, I've just poured my heart out about this film today, and you've just like, you've just made me kill one of them. I've just, we've, we've actually just made it more devastating. I'll be honest. <laughs> um, so for people, who can I also go, just? It feels like a bit of a strange time to bring this up, but actually, I didn't mention before River Phoenix. Obviously. He died. He was only twenty two, twenty three when he actually died. Yeah. Who played Chris? So. We never got to see who we would grow up to be as an actor. We've got few. Oh, short... you're gonna make me cry now. I know, but we got a few. Sh- about I know it, yeah. we got a few short roles with them, and they're quite. You can see, obviously, the way his because of his his brother's. Um, who's his Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix. There's obviously his talent in the family because they were quite bohemian family, Andy. But you can see the sh- the few films that I, I. Think he would have gone on to be like Oscar material at oh, some he, point. Oh, you could see it in a few films. So we just feel like we have to acknowledge what we've lost in River Phoenix. Yeah, if, no, brilliant. Um, if we like Stand by Me, what else would we like then? We're going with mine. Yeah, go on. Um, you hit me with a few. Yeah, I've got a few. I've got um, Castle Rock, the TV series. Um, it it's set in. It's set in Castle Rock, yeah. which is the exact same place where Stand By Me is set in. It only runs for two seasons and there's only 20 episodes. Um, it did sadly get cancelled, but um, it's got all Stephen King characters in it. Yeah, because he, he, he 
he has a bit of a universe, Stephen King. Although it's not like a, like a Marvel MCU. The SKU. There is. A, <laughs> there is. There is sort of. But it, but it's even the name of Bob Barnes production company yes. as well. And um, and didn't Stephen King said after after Stand By Me that we'd only basically Rob Reiner got first dibs on everything because he obviously went and did Misery as well, didn't he? Yeah, I'm pretty sure Stephen King does that thing where you can buy his IP for a dollar and you can make a movie so students can pick any of his stories, Yeah, pay him a dollar and you can make a, a movie just open. Um, obviously, I'm going to stick with the Stephen King theme. It, you know, the Tim Curry series yeah. and the, the even the updated remakes are actually... Really good. See, horror I, films. You, I don't. I don't do horror films in any way, shape, or form. I just. I'm, I do horror I, films, but I not... can't watch films behind the couch, Dave. It's just. <laughs> it's just not a, a cartoon. I. I did like the updated remakes. Um, obviously, The Shining, um, which is still my scariest film of all time from 1980. But I really enjoyed the follow-up, Doctor Sleep, which is the Hugh McGregor version. Oh, it's yeah. a sequel to don't The Shining, and okay. that is definitely worth a watch. Um, I'll run through, run, run through some quickly. Just Cat's Eye, amazing. Running Man uh, it was a Stephen King story as well, even though he's not named as the under his pseudonym. I didn't, know that. didn't yeah. know that. Uh, the Green Mile with Tom Hanks. And coming back to John Cusack again, uh, 1408, which is a one that he did with Samuel L. Jackson. Um, so they're my Stephen King ones. Coming of age dramas okay. I picked which I think probably is the theme you've gone down yeah so we might have a bit of an overlap super bad yeah got that yeah. got super bad Juno no I'd missed uh, uh... Juno's a good one I think if we're doing come of age and then I've got two more Boyhood have you seen that with Richard? so Richard Linklater filmed it over tw- it's filmed over 12 years oh, no. so it starts with the, 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 the guy the, the kid and then the film picks up 12 years Later, with him as an adult, literally, they had to wait till the kid. That's up. interesting. It's the same no. actor as in I the, think in I've the heard about it, but I need to go back. Yeah, if you're talking about coming of age, that's yeah, you know, yeah, you, yeah. You, you can't have a film that's nailed on more. Um, mean Girls, oh, um, obviously written by Tina Fey. If you love Tina Fey, you love Mean Girls, you've got to watch 30 Rock. Obviously, <laughs> we got it in. <laughs> Come on, he squeezed that. That's a hell of Do you like my three that, degrees of 30 rock or six degrees of 30 rock. That's it? a cracker. So, what were yours? Okay, well, I, I broke mine off into like little sections. So, the idea of kids going on adventures is I've got the Goonies and Lost yeah. Boys. I think the, the show, and obviously, you've got the Corey Feldman link with all of them. I think the idea of these young kids going on adventures shapes it, it just it makes things different when it's when it's kids having adventure. There's, there's an innocence there, there's you know, it's just beautiful. Um, to hit that 50s vibe, going for Back to the Future, excellent, excellent. I just choice. feel yeah. like there's a there's a there's a there's a there's a vibe crossover there, isn't it? Um, for coming of age. I had super bad, and it's just it's a great film. But I've also put the way way back, which I absolutely love. It's the one with Steve Carell, and Tony Collette, and some Sam Rockwell. It's why so I don't think I've seen this. So, okay, so this is made by I the, it's I the same people of Little Miss Sunshine. So right. obviously, and um, it's very similar. But to, like it, it, Tony Collette and Steve Carell are like um, the. They've got together late in life and they've both got teenage children and the boy is Tony Collette's son and Steve Carell's really 
they're trying to get make you trying he's trying to force himself to be a bit of a stepdad. Right. But the whole premise of the film is to go to, to go to Steve Carell's family beach house um for the summer and he gets a job work, working in a like a, a water park and Sam Rockwell Sam Rockwell is the the owner of the water park. Oh, such a good film. Okay, if, if, if there's anything that I've thrown out today, go and watch the way, way back. Uh, and just a couple of little TV ones, The Wonder Years. Oh, excellent choice. I don't yeah, think we would get like, Yeah, yeah, I think it's a bit of a shout. Um, and Malcolm in the Middle is a little, like, you can see the, the genealogy of yeah. Stand By Me, um, Wonder Years, Malcolm in the Middle, and just to bring it round to the day Stranger Things yeah Stranger Things is like yeah. that, 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 that group of like high school kids yeah. isn't it yeah um, yeah brilliant choices there um, so we hope you enjoyed us talking about um, this week's pick which came from Liam it was Stand By Me and you should watch it if you can Instagram at watch underscore it underscore podcast or on Twitter at watch underscore it underscore pod. Join us for all our previous episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Podbean and Amazon Music. Music.